As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. Um, uh, quick note, we are going to have a Summer League recap All Ball for you coming up. I have a litany of really good and interesting guests, and, um, you know, we've we've diverged at some point from Always Basketball. We had Maurice Claret. If you missed all three parts of that, that was pretty amazing stuff. Uh, this week's All Ball, I, I think you're really going to like because I love interesting, brilliant people. And I really like people that love the sport that you love, but also sometimes you're not good enough to always play it, right? But you can still find an incredible career in it. Todd, Ram- Todd Ramsar is an amazing story, right? Son of immigrants. He grew up for the most part in um, in Norco, California. He'll tell you what Norco was like 40 years ago, but he grew up in like kind of farm country just outside of Los Angeles, really near, near Chino Hills where the Ball Brothers br- grew up. And became a very good basketball player. But even though he had good grades, wasn't recruited at a high level. Walked on at UCLA, got a scholar. I don't want to give away the whole story. Anyway, um, how did he become the youngest agent in NBA history? How did he, where did the relationships come from? What are his thoughts and agents running teams? What's it like to get fired as a representative of a player? All of that stuff is in here. Plus some, some awesome stories about playing basketball at UCLA. All right, I think you'll like it. By the way, if you like 
my stuff. You can listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12, 3 Pacific on the iHeartRadio app or on foxsportsradio.com. Or um, you can also download that podcast at your at your discretion. All right, without further ado, here's superstar agent Todd Ramasar. Um, Todd, when you, when you became a certified agent, you were 24 years old, um, which sounds really young, but I mean, one of the things that's interesting about your basketball life was you were really young when you graduated high school. Let, let's go back. Okay. So you grew up in Norco. Now for people who don't know where Norco is, okay, it's really close to Chino Hills. But again, we're talking about Norco 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. Even now you drive into Norco and it says horse country USA, right? How does an immigrant family um, from the West Indies, how did you guys make it to Norco? Yeah, so I, I have an older brother, Doug. He was born in New York. My parents um, my parents are from two different countries, Haiti and, and British Guyana. So they met in New York. My dad was in the telephone company. My mother was an RN. And uh, my dad got a uh, transfer request from uh, the telephone company. So it was either Florida or California. And I just found this out recently from my mom. She had dreams of California. She had never been so sight unseen. She's like, we're going to California. So we ended up in, uh, you know, I was born in Fullerton. We ended up, you know, I was born in, in Orange County, lived in Orange County till probably right before I was two years old. And then we moved to, um, we moved to Norco in 19, uh, I think 1980, 1981. So uh, as you mentioned, with you being from Tustin, Doug, you know, you know, even Anaheim Hills, that whole corridor area wasn't what, what it is now, or even 20 years ago, this is, you know, 40 years ago, almost. So it was uh, more far, you know, farmland, cattle, more of a Midwest field than anything else. Yeah. Um, so, so your love for basketball, because you played football and you're mm-hmm. kind of a stud at football early on in high school, but was it because your, your brother played like what, what drew you to basketball? Yeah, it was my it was my older brother. You know, um, I, I got drawn to football because of my older cousin. He was eight years older than me. This is back when Inland Empire didn't have too many high schools. He played at Norco High School, which was was the powerhouse high school that and Eisenhower in the Inland Empire before Corona Centennial. So I was always playing with older guys, my older brother, my older cousin in football. But when my brother started playing basketball at a young age, I, I just fell in love with it. And then as you know, Doug, for us growing up in Southern California, the Lakers were hot. So yeah. my idol was magic. You know, you, you're, you're watching, you're growing up in Southern California. You know, the Lakers were in what the, the finals nine out of 11 years or 10 years. I mean, it's hard not to love basketball. So that's where my affinity for the game grew. And I would emulate, I would try to emulate magic on the, on the court. It is interesting, right? That your, your first big client was Barrett, who's like, who's just a mini magic, right? Like a way more athletic magic. That was, that was who Baron reminded everybody of just his ability to control a game. And the truth is Baron's not really old enough. I mean, I know he played against him at the men's gym some, you know, uh, but he's not really old enough to have experienced the real magic. There is an interesting kind of full circle to it. Okay. So um, you're playing high school basketball, but you went to JW North. How far is, and for people who don't know, JW North is, that's Reggie Miller, right? No, 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 no. Uh, Doug. Reggie went to Riverside Poly. Riverside Poly. Sorry, yeah. uh, Quincy Brewer. I think was the was right before you. He was like a 
two, three combo score. J Dub always had dudes, right? Yeah, Corey Benjamin and what? Pam ballers, right? Like yeah, that was Inland Empire was producing some dudes back then. Um, Keith Van Horn was was he wasn't that far. He was Diamond Bar, right? Diamond Bar, yep. Yeah, I remember Mike. You had you had. I'll I'll go through really quick. One team, the one team had four starters in the Pac-10 on it on that JW North team. It was Quincy Brewer that went to ASU, Ed Gray that ended up at Cal, Sonny Benjamin at Oregon State, and then Corey Benjamin uh, as well. And then we were all the generation right after. But they went to uh, eight finals, CIF Southern Section finals in a row. Yeah. Now, what Trayvon Carmichael was. Fontana, Fontana High School, right? Yeah. Sean Battle. What happened to him? What, what happened to him? I, he was, he was, I mean, we got, we have to do a where in the world is, because Trayvon Carmichael, we, I remember we went to ABCD in 94 and he was our three and he was on the team and we had never heard of this dude. And he was like six, four, looked like a football player. He was nasty. He was building deep dunk on some dudes. The guy was, dunk, I, I swear, the guy was jumping off of two feet from free throw line in games, it seems like. Uh, and him and Corey were uh, him, Corey and and Jamal Slaughter were teammates at Fontana after Corey uh, transferred from North. But talented team, yeah. Fo High was pretty legit back then. Um, okay, so so um, what, education obviously huge in your in your household. Now, is yeah. that did your parents come home and and you know make you do work? Like, how was why was education? So such an important part of your upbringing. I think, you know, I, I'd say this is probably the immigrant mentality overall. It's like, you know, everyone I think that tends to immigrate to the U.S. is for a better way of life, not just for themselves, but for their kids. And so, like, you know, like a lot of immigrant families, it's, hey, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. So, <laughs> you know, my brother's. Uh, or maybe or maybe if you're if you like this Jewish family says doctor, lawyer. And if you got yeah. if you got nothing going for you, accountant. You can be an accountant. Right. 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 Yeah. right. Exactly. And and then maybe that's changed or evolved now. I got I got some Indian buddies, or they're like, yeah, Todd was a doctor, attorney, or engineer, and now it's like, okay, entertainment, enter, entertainment, executive, other things. But uh, for us, it's, that's that's the route we took. My brother uh, owns his own practice. He's a chiropractor, technically. Wow. I guess you could say a doctor. He, he, he went that route. I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do him. A, here's, do him a here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing with a chiropractor, okay? Chiropractor's not a doctor. Okay? <laughs> a doctor is somebody gets sick on a plane, okay? So somebody gets sick on a plane, and you say, is there a doctor here? Like, chiropractor's like, yeah, I got you, right? right? On the other hand, on the other hand, let's be honest, in terms of daily health and usefulness, oh, when you get a rib out or you're not right, there's nobody in the world you'd rather have than a chiropractor, like at, on your that's, on your cell phone. That, that's right? that's the beauty of having a chiropractor in the family. You wake up with a stiff it's, neck, or it's been a long road trip. I ten minutes away, I go see him. So thin. Uh, but, uh, okay. And, so, and, and, and then for me, it was you know I went to I ended up leaving law school, but I went to I went to law school. That, that was um, it was kind of you know for me that was the path I was going to pursue, but it, not use my law degree to be, say, just a traditional uh, uh, lawyer from the sense of, you know, corporate law or something like that. It was always in uh, pursuing sports as an agent. So um, take me through the decision to go to UCLA. What was what was it like? This is still Herrick, right? Yeah. They were they were rolling. I mean, how about me? I'm the year before. 
Yeah. And, and I turn them down and they take uh, Brandon. Oh man. What's the kid's name? He was from Oklahoma. You know, uh, oh man, Brandon, what's the dude's name? He was a, a sophomore when you were a freshman. Well, we had, we had, Far, we, had Far, we had Farnham. We had, um, think about now he's a backup oh, point guard because, because Brandon you had Lloyd from uh, Brandon Lloyd. Yeah. B-Lloyd. Brandon Lloyd. So, so they, so Stefan Marbury was the guy everybody wanted. And I was like the fallback guy. My sister was a cheerleader there. My brother went there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I turn them down. I go to Notre Dame and then they win the national championship. I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? Right? Like, I love UCLA basketball. They win the national yeah. championship. What, what went into your decision to go there? I mean, it, it was just that. Like, for me, it was a dream. If you, if for me, growing up playing football and basketball, if I was playing football, I was going to USC. You know, that's just what it is. And uh, for basketball, my dream since I was playing that uh, growing up, it was to go to UCLA and then so I, because I satisfied both things, it was always athletics, academics, both schools are great. Right. I'm, I'm proud to be a Bruin. And it was, it was an, it was a natural choice for me, but you know, I, I checked into school, Doug, so young, I was 17. I was a late bloomer, yeah. the yeah. top 100. I ended up walking on because like I turned down some other schools. Like that was my dream. Plus I was competitive. I thought I could, uh, I could walk on and earn a scholarship, which I did. And I just wanted to be part of a special class with, you know, that class out of Southern California, I think we can argue 97 might have been one of the most talented classes in Southern California, right? Chris Burgess, Baron Davis, uh, you know, Shea Cotton, Kenny Bruner, um, the Collins twins. You, I mean, you I don't know, man. Like, 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 look, you go back to, I think it's, there was a class with Tracy Murray, Dom McLean, um, uh, I, I think that was Sean Mills was in that class as well. Um, uh, who else was, who else was in that? No, Chris Mills. I mean, I, I, Chris Mills, Chris Mills, uh, Derek Martin, like they were all like same class. That was, a. I think Adam Keith was that class too. That was a crazy class. Then my junior year, which is, I actually, I was a late bloomer. So I stayed back in eighth grade. So I was, you're 17 when you graduate high school. I was 19 when I graduated high school. Right. But, but 94 had, Couple of your teammates, Chris Johnson, J.R. Henderson, right? Toby, uh, Toby, to- Toby Bailey. Yep. Um, had Miles Simon. It had uh, God. You go through it. It was it, that was just yeah, even if you want to Tony Tony Gonzalez was very Tony like, Gonzalez, my yeah. teammate. Yeah, Cameron Murray, uh, yeah. Tracy's brother, Tracy's brother as well. Like there's there's been some really really so okay. So when you first get there as a walk on, but you're like mm-hmm. a recruited walk on. You're not like a dude. And my brother went there to walk on Herrick helped him get in. And then, um, uh, Lou, Lou Rowe beat him. Lou, 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 uh, uh, what's his name? He, he ended up transferring to Clemson and playing. And now he's coach at, uh, Northern California. I like, forget. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Well, he, and like, nobody knew he was just showed up and kicked his ass at tryouts. And Greg was like, I didn't make a team. Some dude was better than me. Wow. And he goes on and starts at Clemson. So, so, uh, uh when did Herrick give you a scholarship? It was, well, so Herrick got fired. So my freshman year lab, that was lab. We were labs first recruiting class, right? So we were all recruited by Romar, Herrick, lab. And then in that, that was junior year by senior year. And the time we were checking in is when all that, um, all that happened. And, and Herrick was no longer there. Romar had left and lab is head coach. So we they, were, they, they, they caponed Herrick. They compound him. <laughs> they got him for they got him for expense receipts. Come on, man! They got him for expense uh, and, and receipts. It, 
Yeah, anywhere else in the country, that that that's a flyer. Like that's that's a that's a given. Come yeah. on, come no. on. Okay, so so you're you're freshman. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about how it went down? So for people who don't rem- who have forgotten, okay, when they signed Baron, they did some. I mean, frankly, it's some crazy, stupid shit, right? Like his his sister worked in the basketball office, and Herrick's son sold him his like Chevy Blazer, right? like. I don't even, and, and it was front page of the LA times and really was a bunch of other little stuff. And then they like found the expense report deal and they, they, but what was it like for you? Like, here you are 17 year old kid from Riverside, walk on trying to make it. And all the stuff goes down. There's a coaching change. What do you remember about that time? It, it, Lav was my uh, lead recruiter. So it wasn't, I didn't get caught up to be honest in any of it. It was just Lav still, you know, hair got fired. Lav coached, the the year prior in which uh, they went to the Elite Eight. I want to okay. say Jelani went down with an injury to his sternum. There's another uh, one, 96, uh, Johnny McCoy. He was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, coming in, it's like they're, fre- you know, for us, it was fresh off a championship in some ways in 95. They made a run the year before. We're coming in with the number one recruiting class. You know, Shea Cotton, Barron, Earl Watts, Rico Hines, Moose, had just transferred, you know, I'm walking on and I'm, I'm set, you know, ranked 75 in the country and, you know, Billy Knight, Travis Reed, we were loaded. So there was nothing but excitement. I wasn't even thinking about that. And then, as you know, Doug, you going into the men's gym, playing against magic and, uh, and doing the summer program, it was a dream come true. I, I didn't think twice about it. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's bracket season and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's bracket challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? 
Uh, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even checkouts not until four, so because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and four p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. So you, you get there. Um, when did when did Lab give you a scholarship? Um, I'm going into my sophomore year. What was that conversation like with your parents? Um, oh, they were ecstatic. They, they, you know, cause I really put in a lot of work between my freshman and sophomore year and, you know, freshman year was an adjustment. You know, as you said, you know, coming in at 17, you know, the, the seniors were all the guys that won uh, the championship as freshmen, Toby, Jr., Chris Johnson. And of course, Jelani McCoy was there and Brandon Lloyd. And then you got all these guys coming from all over the country. Rico's coming from Hargrave and St. John's Prospect Hall. Barron's there, Earl, you know, so it was a diverse competitive group. I think we walked away bloodied every day in practice. So for me, it was great. You know, I, I can't say I was surprised because that was the goal, but it was great to at least take that burden and, and, and hit that uh, accomplishment of earning that scholarship at UCLA. Okay. Here's one of the things that I always found to be interesting. So the, the national championship team had like 11 dudes that played in the NBA. It was like something crazy in terms of number of dudes that played in the NBA, right? Like everybody, I mean, and honestly, Chris Johnson didn't play, but if Chris Johnson was now like guys, a stretch guy, guys, a small ball, four or five, he's unbelievable. No like, perfect, perfect guy. Right. So, unbelievable talented team in 95 wins the national championship. You guys just have dude after dude, but, and if you would have walked in that locker room and asked how many of you guys are going to the NBA, everybody would have raised their hands, right? Everyone. Right. When did in your mind, you think like, Hey, agent agents, my, my dad. It was probably, it was probably my, my, it was probably my, I would say the going into my sophomore year. Actually, no, I, I take that back, Doug. If I had to revisit, it was probably my sophomore year. I ended up starting, but, you know, we, we had the number one recruiting class coming in in 97, 98, followed by another number one recruiting class, Matt Barnes, Deron Rush, Ray Young, Dan Gazzari, Stroh, Moiso. I mean, they were loaded. Dudes. Right? Dudes! Yeah, so coming in, putting in all that work, starting for a game or two, and then not seeing the court until the end of my sophomore year in, like, sporadic minutes it was like no that was a reality check you know I thought about transferring and everything but I was like you know what why am I transferring yeah I could play but getting this degree from UCLA I know I'm going to be in Southern California and I knew I wanted to go to grad school so at the end of that sophomore year is when I started working for Arm telling Barron had left gone pro all the UCLA guys were signing with Arn at the time which was telling and associates and then that was my segue into the business at 19. I got so many things, gosh, and just so much stuff. Okay, I would make the, I'd make the case. Baron tore his ACL on a filthy crossover, dunks on a dude um, in in the NCAA tournament. Um, I know we were in the same region. I, I, I saw it happen. I think we were in the same region. I saw it happen. And um, Which, by I the way, Doug, you, Doug you, that was still – I've never seen somebody tear their ACL on a more nasty play than that. That was – I tell people all the time that was. Was it when he was it when he landed or when he jumped? He jumped so high, Doug, and I was looking down the court. He jumped so high, his head was at the rim, eye level. Yep. He pulled himself up with his momentum. I don't think Baron knew how high he was, so it was on the landing. He put all that weight, 
uh, all his weight on one uh, one leg when he landed, and that's what made it pop. It wasn't. You know, it's, interesting. It, it's interesting. He doesn't like me. I still don't know why. We haven't ever had. We'll, we'll have to chop it up at some point in time. Yeah. It's interesting because my uh, because my my dad was like I, when I because that the year before he when he was a senior, I was sitting out after transfer from Notre Dame, and they basically like, look, we get Baron, we're going to take Baron. And if not, and I was like people's second choice, Georgia Tech second choice, yeah. Kansas. I was somewhere down the line or whatever. Anyway, but my dad was like, "Look, that's the best high school point guard I've ever seen." He used to Jelani Gardner used to be the guy that he thought was the next oh, yeah. Magic Johnson. Then then he was like, "Baron's the best I've ever seen." Um, he still had a very very good career, right. very good career. Mm-hmm. What would he have been like had he not twenty? I, Doug, I think Baron is, was such, if you really revisit that, you, you know, and that's our generation, 99 when he tore, 98 when he tore it, that was still at a time when the, the ACL surgery, like the procedure, it could go either way. Like it, it wasn't like now where 100% you come back stronger. So we were right there where like, you know, Baron tears it in March. He was back playing by the end of that same year. That's the type of freak he was. A lot of people don't know this. Like Kobe would come to our practices the yeah. following year. Baron wasn't clear to play. Him and Kobe are playing one-on-one on the sideline and Baron's wearing this huge, huge knee brace. So I don't honestly, if he, if he doesn't tear it, I think he's still the same player. Maybe, maybe he's the number one player because maybe we continue going on in, in March, but that sophomore year, he comes back and he's healthy, you know, and he was a highlight reel. Still goes number three. Well, what I, I so if you remember his first game back to play against us, I got thrown out of the game at halftime, whatever. And right. he 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 flopped into a, a technical foul, but he wasn't he wasn't moving right yet. He was still heavy, and he had that brace that that. But that Doug, what, what brace, month but was what, that, dude, that was in December, right? That was November. That, that was December, yeah, in, in Anaheim. Yeah, if you think about that, that's only eight months after the injury. Yeah, nine months. Yeah, like, yeah crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. even in today's standards. I have Thomas totally. Bryant that tore his ACL and, you know, it's 11 to 12 months until they're, you know, he's fully back is what they're uh, projecting. Don't tell me that I tore mine like two months ago. I just got my surgery two weeks ago, oh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm too old to make it. I'm too old to make a real comeback. My goal is, yeah. my goal is to play basketball and tennis next summer. That's my, my, my personal, personal goal. Okay. So, so you're in your mind. You're like, <clears throat> I mean, between Arn Tellum, and I don't know how big Wasserman was at, at that time as well. Like you're in LA, UCLA basketball, super hot. Um, you, would you start interning during, uh, here, yeah, here's, intern. a, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a sorry, here's a question. Yeah. Why, why do you think, um, why do you think more guys don't have the mentality or the understanding or maybe the value of, that degree I, I i understand and respect that the best of the best you're going to make so much money if you're an nba player but i just guys bounce around schools now and it's like there's there's a couple parts to it there's one there's the degree but there's two there's the connection you make with the university yeah and and you don't you don't get that as a as a grad transfer and the place you leave you're not really an alum of and the place you go to you're not really an alum. Like, look, dude, you were there for six, seven months. Like, that ain't that ain't your school. 
you know, so, I mean, I was lucky, like Oklahoma State's my school. I went to Notre Dame. I love Notre Dame. I would love to have, and the reason, reason I went there is the connections, the Subway alums. I thought I'd love to play. If I can't play, I'd love to broadcast or coach. All of it is, you know, or be in business and all of that. Notre Dame's an unbelievable connection of, of alums. Um, but, but I don't, I don't really understand why so many, so many, even, even professional athletes don't tell kids like, Hey, look at Todd's path and Todd's understanding of it, that it maybe not even being an agent, but just using the value of that degree and the connections at a university in order to propel you for the rest of your life. So this is purely a theory, right? Because. Okay. Well, hypothesis then. Right. Hypothesis, right. Um, is different from our generation, Doug, because we're getting older. We're, we're, we're going to be, be old timers here pretty soon, right? But the, <laughs> thing, the mentality of us playing, it was pure. And not saying it's not pure for all the guys now, but it was sports. It wasn't entertainment. Now it's much more synonymous with entertainment. So I'm not, in, I'm not uh, an entertainment agent or represent any actors or actresses or, or even musicians for that matter. But what I can imagine is how many of them went to college as well before they started acting. And my point being is like athletes now, their goal is to become a pro. So the quickest path to becoming a pro, it's not having that relationship with the university or going there for four years. It's just different, in my opinion, a different way of thinking than how we thought, because you weren't a one and done back then. Two, two and done, that was that was quick. Steph, Baron, yeah. like, you know, you usually went three or four years, right? Even Michael Jordan, three years, you know, Magic, Bird, like all these guys that were even before us, it wasn't the one and done or even now having, um, you know, the G League Ignite program or overtime, like that wasn't there. I, I understand that everyone's story is different, right? Mm -hmm. Totally respect that. Okay. And so when you say, is it the right mentality, the wrong mentality, you're going to get people that would say, well, like you haven't grown up in my shoes. You don't know. Kid could go and play. I, I respect that. Okay. But isn't that the wrong, aren't we, is it the wrong mentality? Like the truth is that this is, this is my honest belief. Okay. Yeah. That the, look, our education system at the high school and lower levels still stink. There's still a great yeah. education disparity based upon where you, where you grow up and yeah. what your, what your background is. And the equalizer is the scholarship. That's the whole intent of the whole, it's the equalizer. Right. It puts you on even footing where you weren't on even footing when you came up through your education in high school. And I, I guess I don't, there's, there's, there's just too many bad actors, in my opinion, in basketball that it's not that they want the kid to achieve. They want a little piece of the, they want a little piece of the action, you know, but I think that's, I just think I understand that's the new mentality. I think it's the wrong mentality. I think it's the, anything really good is worth waiting for, working for. I, I know there's exceptions. I know there's guys that don't need four years of college, that don't need three years of college. But what you think you don't need is the college basketball. What you do need is everything else. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I think all of us soon to be old timers, we get to like, well, it's the new generation. You just got to accept, do you? Or can you try and find a way to gather enough of us to go like, look, I get it. There's going to be Jalen Greens. There's going to be Kate Cunningham's. Those guys are freaks. Okay. But for the rest of everybody else, 
this is what you need. This is the best thing for your rest of your life. Uh, and it, that, that mentality is a bad one. You know what, Doug, it's all based on circumstance. Like we could like Kobe didn't go to college. Right. And God rest his soul. But like, if, if he's assuming uh, Kobe continues on the path, this is a guy that didn't even step foot on college and had a very successful. Brilliant. career, Right. And is a yeah, brilliant, and brilliant, sharp individual. And, yeah. but I tell you this, like, even when I stepped foot on campus with my background, um, and education being a priority, it was intimidating. I'll be honest with you. Like the pro the summer program where you're having to produce papers. And if, you know, you could have guys that go through high school, want to go to college. It's like, hold on. Like, I don't know if I could balance both. And you know, it's really hard. It depends on the program where if you're working, you know, practicing three hours and, you know, lab had us practicing three hours a day, then it's an hour of weights. Then you're getting PT. Then you need to get extra work in. And then you got study hall. Like it's a, it's a tough load. So is it good or bad? I don't know. Like I'm a, I'm a proponent of college, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's all relative to circumstance. Look at my guy, Josh Primo this year, youngest guy in the draft. People are saying, why, you know, why, why are you going, why are you going in the draft? You came off the bench, you average under 10 points. And then here he is, he's a lottery pick. And, you know, can you argue that next year, you know, God forbid, if there's an injury or something else, then, then people are being critical and saying you should have left earlier. You should have left when you were projected a higher. So I look hindsight's always 2020. Um, I'm a big data guy. I, I, I say, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Let me look at the data. I could argue going back to the days of, uh, of high school players turning pro that the percentage of high school players that turned pro had greater success than the ones that maybe stayed four years in college at the end of their career. If you look back, the Kevin Garnett, right. Jermaine O'Neal's. Right. But those guys, those guys were the more talented ones to begin with. Right. And it's the, you know, my, my issues with the, the Angelo Collins is the Sebastian Telfair's the guys who, who, uh, you know, did go and like the rest of their life, they're left, they're left searching. It's a really hard thing. Like the NBA yeah. is not responsible for the rest of your life. It's a hard thing. Okay. So, um, so you get done playing and you decide to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what, what was, where'd you go to law school? What was that like? What was that experience like? Yeah. So Doug, it, it was all, it, it, you know, it's funny. It was all happening at the same time. So just to kind of recap, so, so Wasserman was not in existence. Existence. Tellum and Associates was the precursor, right? Even right. before he was at R and sold his company to SFX and joined David Falk. I was there through all of that when I was working there as an intern for three years. So by the time by the time I'm going in my senior year, I had actually an extra year of eligibility. I had shoulder surgery, and I did not want to play out my fifth year. So I actually left. Uh, I took nine classes of summer school to graduate uh, quicker while my scholarship still lasted and one class in fall. So I started working for uh, Arn, you know, full time as I'm going to class to get ready for law school. So because every agent at Arn's practice did the same thing. Bob Myers was there. Bob was at Loyola, right, working while working for Arn to then become an agent. Um, you know, Joel Wolf, all the agents, Rob Palenka was there. He was already an attorney and in law school. So, no, we were loaded. I mean, Warren Legary was there, Arn Tellum, uh, Bob Myers, Rob Palenka, Thad Fouché, uh, and Neil Olshay was doing uh, the pre-draft, pre-draft with Tim Gergerich. So you got five guys 
running NBA teams or owning the NBA Summer League in that office. And here I am at 19 through 21 uh, with the firm. So I was I was there's was only two law schools because my plan was to be there uh, working as an agent and going to school. There's only two law schools in Southern California. And that's Loyola Marymount and Southwestern that have a part time program where you could go to school at night and um, and still work during the day that were accredited law schools. Right. And this is post 9-11. So the competition in law school was thick in terms of, um, you know, taking your LSATs and and applying and going to the schools you want. So I'm in law school and um, I actually had I left Arn and I was in crisis management for a big uh, a crisis management firm in L.A. Uh, called Winter and Associates. And probably about four months in, in my first semester of law school, that's when Barron reached out to me and asked me to manage him. Uh, by the end of that first year in law school, uh, we're on a trip in, in, uh, in South and uh, Central America um, with a Reebok tour. And I'm sick as hell, Doug. Like, I felt like I was going to die, literally. I don't even remember Santa Domingo when we were part of that tour. And I remember getting on the plane. I couldn't even see straight. He was like, uh, I want you to be my agent. So um, I was 23 turning 24, and that that was the start of uh, representing Barron. He was my first client. Um, h- how were you treated in the field? Uh, always, you know, Barron's friend, young, you know, uh, a number. Of, I, I was, you know, it's everyone was respectful to my face, but Lord knows behind the scenes. And uh, because I have no gray hairs behind me. You know, I was uh, 23, 24, just recently graduated college uh, um, not too many years prior. And, I, you know, I don't want to say Baron was my client. He was more of a partner. We just we had a partnership. He had he had a he had a blueprint, as he would call it. And, and I was there to execute. How, how did he it felt like it was always I know Cash Warren. He was really close. He's really mm-hmm. close with. Right. How did he always seem to have this like plan like here's a dude raised by his grandma south central la right but he always seemed to have a plan he wanted to do movies and entertainment not just and now blessed as an amazing basketball player was that you and him was that something he had already established like where did that come from a baron already he always had that i think that's baron's uh you know lens or perspective on the world growing up in in south central and then going to crossroads in santa monica Baron is a phenomenal, one, he's a trendsetter, Doug, but he's, I tell you, he's a phenomenal talent evaluator, you know, in terms of like, you could talk to people that he's crossed paths with in business that have either worked in partnership with him or worked for him. A lot of those people have moved on to, uh, you know, executive positions in entertainment, uh, you know, myself, even, you know, running my own agency and rep- continuing to represent players. You know, Cash is a, a serial entrepreneur. So Barron has always just been good at identifying, you know, talented young people as he's progressing his career that have moved on to, you know, if they're not working alongside him, moved on to bigger and even greater things. So and that's a that's a talent in itself, I think. Yes. No, it's, a, it's just like it's no different than to be a to be a, you know, uh, a GM, to be a coach, yeah. to be an agent. You got to be able to evaluate talent. And see, okay, in two years, this guy is going to be this with the right, you know, put in the right position. It's an amazing gift, gift to have. Yeah. So you're representing him. Who was your second club? Uh, Trevor Ariza the following year. You know, Trevor was, uh, 
He was 18 coming out of UCLA, averaged 12 and seven. Uh, no one anticipated him leaving. He was going to leave. I ended up representing Trevor, uh, getting him drafted to the Knicks. What was it? What was that like? Um, it was great. Trevor was great. You know, Trevor and I are still friends now. Um, it was, I tell you, man, we were fearless. It was kind of crazy. I look back like, what the hell were we doing? Cause we don't they like you're using, we're using common sense or for me, it's like trial and error, but we, we prep, you know, Rico Hines, who's still a best friend of mine. Who's one of the best player development coaches. He, he put Trevor through player development for the, the draft process. And uh, you know, Trevor ends up playing extremely well in the, uh, in the LA summer league at the time. This is, precursor of Vegas. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas took him. Uh, it's a funny story. I still laugh about with uh, Isaiah. My first contract negotiation was, uh, was interesting because I was completely prepped for it, but you're not prepped for Isaiah Thomas or somebody that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Plus you you grew up in LA in the eighties. Yeah. Like he was awesome, but I hate him. And, yeah. Yeah. and, and he has this, Incred the guys that are the stars, and you know this, like we've been around, the guys that they have an aura to them. They just do, right? They have an aura. Okay, so you, so you sit crazy. down with them? No, no, yeah. no. Well, I sat down with them. I think Isaiah was testing me. Uh, this is post-summer league, and, um, and Isaiah asked to meet me at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, but not at like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., 7 a.m., because Isaiah knew I was young. So let's I think it was a test. Let's see if this guy shows up on time. I was there, I think probably 6.45 a.m. His mom uh, was there uh, with him initially. And then we sit down and talk. But the funny thing is, I always say this in negotiations too, there's strength in numbers, right? If, if we, you and I are negotiating against each other, Doug, and it's you by yourself, and I have two other people with me, attorneys and other experienced people, there's strength naturally in numbers. So in that negotiation, uh, we started the talks in L.A. He goes back to New York and now they have the, the, the you know, the lead counsel for the Knicks. And uh, they have me on speakerphone negotiating, which which was uh, I, I sit back and think about that conversation. Uh, it, there was some curveballs thrown at me that I handled, but more more than anything, the intimidation tactics. Uh, I think I held my own. At least Isaiah said I did. And I got a good deal for Trevor. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. What is it like, like for a Trevor? What is it like for a guy who's a client at a very young age to leave, to leave you? What's that? What's that feeling like? Uh, to leave me as a as a agent? Yes, like when a, when a, I mean inevitably yeah. people switch agents. Yeah. What, what is was, that? What is that like was, from your perspective? Oh man, it was it was like uh, losing your first uh, your first love, like your your first you know, like a girl breaking up with you in high school, right? Your first life, like it, it hurts. I was like, God, I'm not going to be able to survive as an agent. Like it's over. My reputation is done X, Y, and Z. And I got countless stories, Doug, where it's just like, you figure it out you learn from it. You pick yourself back up and you keep moving forward. But that was devastating. Uh, but in hindsight, you know, uh, based on how green I was in certain areas, not in the negotiations or preparation, it was more just life experience in terms of guiding him. I don't fault him for making that change at the time. When you now, the profession now that you've been in for 20 years, have been super yeah. successful of your own, your own firm. <clears throat> um, better, worse, different, what, in terms of recruiting players, what's yeah. the experience like? Uh, it's, it's, it's much better because I don't waste time. I'm much more efficient. For me, it is because, Doug, I'm, I'm a big believer, and I tell my staff this, is I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. I don't, I'm not, I'm not selling anything that I don't think I could deliver on. So the clients that buy into what I'm selling as a service are the guys I'm supposed to be representing. And look, those guys are experiencing success. I, I, I tend to evaluate talent for what I could develop them into. So, you know, you look at a Pascal Siakam, you know, Pascal wasn't supposed to be a first rounder, wasn't supposed to be an all-star or a max player, but he's those things. You know, Tom, Thomas Bryant, second round pick, you know, waived by the Lakers. And now he's a starting center. He just turned 24. I think Thomas is positioned to earn 20 to 25 million per year next year, if not greater, once he recovers from his age. Oh, okay, so, so, so go back. Pascal. OK, mm-hmm. I called Pascal's tournament game at, at Mexico State. Yeah. Uh, his, his coach, uh, uh, you know, Mar- Marvin is like Marvin's my brother's like best friend in, in the business. OK, but if you had told me that this is how good he could be. I would be like, Come on. when did you first see Pascal Siak? 
I saw him uh, at uh, in Bakersfield playing against Bakersfield. And, you know, I, I when I evaluate talent, it's like, is he really 6'9", 6'10"? What's his body type? Can he shoot the ball? Does he have touch? You know, and I could tell those things even if he's not shooting jumpers at the free throw line. And then how good are his feet? What's his athleticism? And like, what does he do well? And then the other component, and, and Doug, here's the thing is, you, you would not have thought I was crazy if you're in the gym every day watching him like I am. See, you, you have a basketball pedigree as well. That's the big thing that people forget is I'm in the gym every day watching the development of my guys, doing my calls like how you are right now. I'm doing my calls in the gym. So I'm watching the ascension of their development. So it's by the end of a summer, three months, if I'm watching Pascal compete at a high level against Paul George, LeBron or, or Chris Paul or James Harden and those guys, I'm starting to, you know, an earshot away hearing them talk about Pascal. It's easy for me to know where, what direction my guy is going in terms of his development. But if you're, if you're on the outside looking in saying, oh, this guy's from New Mexico State or, uh, you know, I don't know this guy or I've seen him play once. I don't know. But you're not seeing his, de- his development. Then it, I could see how somebody may think I'm crazy or biased to my client opposed to actually seeing where there are what what is it you know your role you're so you get i mean look one of the one of the sales and you tell me if i'm wrong is you have a great strong relationship with your clients it's a partnership it's a friendship it's more than just hey yeah. i'm gonna get you your next deal right okay so pascal struggles in the playoffs mm-hmm. right here's a young guy it's the highest level of the nba it's different what what's that like for you to deal with knowing what he has in him, but also knowing the reality of he didn't play as well as, as he, as he can as the agent, but also the partner and the friend. What is that experience like? It's being honest. I got to be honest with him. And, and it's also bringing in, um, you know, some other stories or examples of other players because every, all great players go through adversity, every single one. We can't name one that didn't struggle at some point on their path to maybe be being, you know, taking it up a notch to greatness and, and having that level of consistency, even, you know, LeBron, not saying Pascal is, is LeBron, but you know, LeBron's gone through it or Steph has gone through it. All the great players go through it. It's how they handle that adversity and come out on the other side. So for me having those conversations with Pascal, it's not sugarcoating it. It's like, Hey, you need to get your rest or let's go get some extra reps in, or this is all part of the process. Like it's okay. Let's get back to work in the off season. So it's not, and then actually not just saying things, but backing it up as an agent with a plan of action for them to take to get better, but it's never, yeah. Hey, it's everybody else's fault or you're the victim and X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, let's look at it from all angles, understand this business and what it is. Let's understand what your role is. Cause Pascal's path is is a is a is an unconventional one. If we look at it from NBA All Star standards, is this wasn't a guy that's supposed to be an All Star. He came out of nowhere. So him being thrust into a leadership role as an All Star max player, that's all new to him. He's the youngest of six, right? So we understand family dynamics as well. He's learning and being more comfortable in his skin in terms of leadership role. So it's. It's literally coaching them through that. It's talking to the team and management, you know, in some cases, even Nick Nurse about those things to bring it to his attention. And then, you know, it's a partnership with the team, understanding his success is a team success, Pascal's success, as well as my own. So, 
it, for me, it's again, I always say uh, relationships outside looking in could be contentious or you could look at it as an apart as a partnership and and make it make sense so that both sides benefit, you know, whatever it is, uh, whatever it is uh, in terms of outcomes we want. Turn here, we'll go to law school, you know, probably skip the step that even you want to skip and starting with Baron, you know, before you'd finished doing what you wanted to do. Uh, but if somebody wants to be you, what, how would you like, there's a college basketball player out there. It's like, then I like, I love this game. I love this sport. What, what would you, what would you recommend to them as the first step in trying to see if they like the process of, of being an agent? Yeah, they, 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 I would recommend a, a credible internship with a credible firm because we're, we're all judged by a resume um, and you want to learn and pick up those good habits or see great agents at work to understand their habits or what it entails. Oftentimes I have young people that reach out to me and says, you know, have said, Hey, I've interned here. I've worked in sports. And then I say where, and it may not have been a credible firm in which I know they may not have picked up great habits in terms of what it takes to be an agent. I think most people get it confused now that, Hey, if I have a player, I could just go get certified and I know how to be an agent or I'm an agent all of a sudden like that's, it's disrespectful to be honest with you. Like there's an art and a um, there's, a, there's an art to being an agent for one understanding the business and what it entails. And then, um, uh, you want to surround yourself with great people that have had success being an agent because we're fiduciaries of our clients. Um, you mentioned Rob, who you worked with. You mentioned Arn, um, Leon Rose now running a team. Like, is that, is that the dream? Is that the gold? Is there, is there any part of you that says, I love what I'm doing, but man, I would love to run a team and rebuild something. I, I'm naturally a builder. That's why I'm, I'm running my own company. If that opportunity presented itself, I would I would look at it. Uh, obviously, my clients are family for me, so it's a conversation I would have have with them as well and my family. But I mean, it could, that could always be interesting because I don't know about you, Doug. In terms of uh, you know growing up as an as an athlete, it's like I love being a part of a team. Like, there's nothing better than that. You know, um, you know, having um, colleagues or having, um, you know, uh, associates or people that you're looking in the same direction, building towards, you know, at least in sports and building towards a championship. So that aspect always intrigues me for me on, on the company side is same thing is like, uh, you know, it's building towards our clients uh, personal success or in some ways we're even sharing in the championships you know, even as recent for me with Pascal or even Caban Looney. All right. Now here's the, here's the, you, you mentioned your honesty. Do you cheer for other agents to succeed? Because like if they succeed, that means, Hey, this is a good plan. Or do you not want agents to succeed? Uh, what's, what's the experience like of watching other people who've done what you've done play, you know, Bob obviously has had an incredible amount of success. Rob's had success, won a title. Do you cheer for those guys? Um, because that allows maybe that path to open up for you. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say cheer 
But there's a tremendous amount of respect I have because conversations come up sometimes where people are critical of other agents and their work or even their transition. And I'm, I'll be protective of other agents or other guys because a lot of, again, a lot of people don't understand what goes into our jobs. And for an agent to have success for an extended period of time, especially uh, managing a, a, you know, high level talent, it's not easy, you know, and people can make the assumption, oh, well, that guy was a lottery pick already, or he was a superstar. Well, you got to deliver for those guys too. The, the expectations are greater as well. So I, I give a lot of credit to those agents or even those guys that make the transition to the front office. And, and, and I say in some ways, those guys are better prepared and that's not taken away from the front office execs that haven't been agents, but you're every day you're de- dealt with a set of circumstances that you didn't know was coming the day before. Right. Because 10%, you know, if, if I'm looking at my business or my role, you know, 10% of it is probably contract negotiations. The other 90% are managing the client and managing the curveballs that no one see. If, if I'm doing a good job, managing the curveballs that nobody's reading about or no one else has seen, you know, and, um, you know, that's it. So I, in some ways, I, like I said, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm outright cheering, but I'm uh, when I see them, I pay my respect and acknowledge the work that they're doing and um, and want them to be successful. I think there's a map um, for everybody. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that's obvious. I believe that to be true. And I also think that's why, you know, I'm sure you champion your own kind of young guys. Right. There's there, there's plenty. Um, you mentioned your own firm. How hard is that to start it's your a, own thing, to do a, your own thing? It's extremely hard. Doug, it's extremely hard, uh, especially for me when I when I went back after I left um, uh, BDA in 2013, I didn't have a marquee client to uh, I guess you could say uh, to to use to uh, gain other clients. So for me, I had to change my approach to the business to identify um, undervalued talent that I could develop into those. Um, players that I thought that could be very successful. So, you know, when I left in 13, I, I had to, in 2015, I had Kevon Looney and even Norman Powell uh, that, I, that I got drafted, followed by the next year, 16, Pascal Siakam, uh, picked up Martin Gortat as a client, 17, Thomas Bryant, and then just kind of just continued to build on momentum. But at the time, if you look back in hindsight, like those guys weren't marquee guys. I had to invest a lot in their player development, not just in the pre-draft process, but every offseason to help get them to where they're at in terms of their second contracts. Also, though, again, falling back on your relationships, right? Right. Kevon Looney at UCLA, a place that you played. And of course, he gets drafted by Bob Myers, a guy who went to UCLA and you work with at the firm. Right? it, It doesn't mean that there's anything illicit, but business is business. It's about relationships and who who you know. And if you're telling Bob, Bob, kid can play, like, you know, that's different than an agent. He doesn't have a longstanding relationship with an understanding. Is that, is that a fair way to look at it? I think it's fair. But, you know, Bob, regardless of relationship, Bob is, you know, and obviously this is a, as in their run. And, uh, you know, uh, Kavan fell in the draft for, for medical reasons. You know, it's me saying that to Bob, but I think he's not in the moment of drafting Kavan. 
as much as him thinking about the relationship long-term because of, uh, of our dynamic. Um, because Bob is going to have to pick the best player for the Golden State Warriors at any yeah. given time, not because I'm his uh, the player's agent, but because that's the best talent available. So it, it, in some ways it works hand in hand, but you know, it's, I I like to think that my relationship with any team is I'm not, I'm not one to bullshit. I'm just going to tell it how it is. And I, and I love that process because I guess through experience, whether again, Josh Primo, I could call a team when he's projected in the second round and say, guys, look like Pascal or like a Thomas Bryan or Kavan, where I'm telling you guys the talent that I'm seeing and you guys know what I'm going to do. This kid is going to be a superstar. And the ones that believe, believe. And the ones that don't, you know, I remind them in the future when I have the next player. (laughs) There's there's satisfaction or that's the chip on my shoulder, uh, Doug. And maybe that's a former athlete in me. It's like, I told you so. So you don't believe me, I'll do it again. Um, I I had a, uh, my TV and radio agent um, for five or six years, my second agent was, guy named Nick Khan. Nick now runs WWE, right? Mm-hmm. And he was at CAA. He was very powerful. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. And Nick yeah. used to tell me all the time, he's like, being an agent is a young man's job. It's a yeah. grinder's job. Yeah. 50 is about, like, he's like, 50 is about kind of mm-hmm. the cutoff. Okay. So you're in your early 40s. You've been really successful. Um, what, what is, what are your thoughts on the next five, 10 years for you personally? It's, um, you know, I'm always thinking when, you know, it's, it's continuing to help develop my current roster of clients, help groom the next generation of agents that are working with me, because that's a, that's a big part of my, um, I guess my ethos in business is like, it's not just helping my clients grow. It's helping the people that are working for me or working alongside me grow. I think there's no greater satisfaction in, you know, whether it's within my company or, you know, you know, helping them grow their wings to where they're an executive somewhere else and having tremendous success. Like I value that. Um, but for me, next eight to 10 years is just see where the industry uh, evolves into. Look at NIL being introduced. Um, you know, I'm very big into sports science and investments in sports science for athletes. Um, I think uh, with technology, that's going to impact our industry tremendously, like it has every other sector of business and finance and in other areas. So for me, it's the, the satisfaction I get, honestly, Doug is not going along with the status quo of how things have always been is like, how can I disrupt a business that uh, people say is not scalable from a business perspective because it's a service business, but how can I introduce new technologies in a way that, we've never seen before because quite frankly, the business has been done the same way from agents the last 40 or 50 years, starting with McCormick and and IMG to where now, if you're, I think wise and, and, um, and diligent about the technologies that you can integrate for clients in their development off the court in terms of sports science, but also in how we represent them, I think, you know, it can be interesting for the future because if you're not adding value to your clients now, Cause Doug, we haven't even talked about like, look at the contracts these guys are signing, right? Uh, Steph Curry signed, I think 207 on an extension over four years with the new media rights deal coming in 
in 24, 25 is the expiration, $75 billion. The current deal is 24 billion. And if we go back to when that influx of money came in, we saw the level of contracts, uh, how that was impacted, right? 75 billion, three times more. I did some projections. Rookie, like Josh Primo could be eligible to sign probably an extension as a 21-year-old between 250 and $325 million depending on a max or super max player. Right. So for me, it's also looking into the future forecasting because now you're talking about athletes having their own family office and raise their level of sophistication to a whole different level. Uh, Forget off the court earnings, just their on court earnings. So for me, it's also, you know, how do you, I'm not waiting until that happens. It's what, mechanisms or what services can I put in place now to make sure that I can address all the needs of my clients in the future when they are uh, earning that level of income. Uh, Todd, you've been so gracious with your time, dude. It's really, really amazing. Oh, it's been fun, Doug. It's been good. I, real, I, I really appreciate it. Let's do it in person. And I'm a fan of Primo. So I, I can't wait to see what he does this year in San Antonio in the future years. And thanks again for joining us in the pod. No, I appreciate it, Doug. And uh, look forward to the next time. P- pretty amazing stuff, right? I mean, just the, the the ability at 19 years old to go like, hey, let me pivot and think about becoming an agent. And then using the connections that you have established at UCLA to build really a business and then breaking out and building the business on your own. All those challenges all right in here. I thought you'd love that. And that's the type of guy who you will see whether you talk about being a super agent or you talk about evolving into a guy running a team, he is such a wherewithal and is so respected in the sport. I thought he'd just be a good listen. He was. I'm I'm fascinated. I want to grab him back and talk for another hour about other hoop guys that that he's discovered. In the meantime, remember the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, three to six Eastern, twelve three Pacific. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio app, iHeartRadio app, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, wherever you listen to Fox Sports Radio, or you can also download that as a podcast. In the meantime. If you have questions, comments, at Gottlieb Show, Twitter or Instagram, the best way to get a hold of me. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it and that's what makes orlando unbelievably real plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.